If the name Robert Johnson sounds familiar, then it's for a good reason. Not only is he in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and considered to be one of the most important blues musicians who ever lived, but he also has influenced some of the greatest artists of all time, including the Rolling Stones, Alexis Corner, Eric Clapton, Led Zeppelin, Fleetwood Mac, Rush, and Bob Dylan. But how did the son of a sharecropper from Mississippi die at the young age of 27 and become something so influential? Well, according to legend, Robert Johnson sold his soul to the devil in exchange for being able to play the guitar better than anyone in history. This is the story of Robert Johnson. Welcome to Fireside Mysteries. The life of Robert Johnson is a bit confusing because there isn't much information about him, especially in his early life. We believe he was born on or around May 8, 1911. His mother was the wife of a sharecropper, and her name was Julia. After some issues with landowners, her husband, Charles Dodds, had to move away to Memphis. And while he was gone, Julia fell in love with a man named Noah Johnson. Nine months later, Robert was born. Now, Noah wasn't involved much in his life. Instead, Julia sent Robert off to Memphis to live with Charles when he was about three or four. Memphis was also where Julia's ten other children lived, and according to sources, where Robert first learned to play the guitar. When he was around eight or nine, he moved back to live with his mother Julia and her new husband, Dusty Willis. It wouldn't take long for him to hit it off with his new stepfather, soon getting the nickname of Little Robert Dusty. But that changed when he got older. Instead of working the fields like his brothers, sisters, and father, he would have much rather play the guitar. This really put his stepfather and his relationship at odds. By 1929, he had fallen in love with a local girl named Virginia Travis, and they married on February 17, 1929. Unfortunately, tragedy struck him the following year. In 1930, Robert and Virginia were expecting their first child, and in childbirth, Virginia lost her life. After losing his wife, he decided to fully commit his life to the blues. Just so happens, that very same year, he met Son House, who's also considered to be one of the most gifted bluesmen ever. Robert went to Robbinsville to see him play, and the two hit it off like brothers. They struck up a friendship along with another blues player named Willie Brown. In between House and Brown's sets, they would get with Robert and teach him how to play the guitar. Son even remembered the time he heard Robert playing, saying that he wasn't good at all, even calling his guitar playing a racket, and that he was running people crazy with it. This is really when his legend started to form. Traveling the Delta, which was a route of cities in Mississippi, with Sunhouse and Willie Brown, learning to play the blues, bouncing place from place. A year later, Robert split from the crew because he fell in love with a lady named Coletta Craft and even married her shortly after they met. After two years of not seeing Son and Willie, 
they finally got together again. And to their surprise, their once racket-playing protege had turned into a master guitar player. Sun even stated that once he got finished playing, all their mouths were left standing open. Now, these were two gentlemen that were masters of their own craft. So when they get surprised like that, it really means something. The question was, how in only two years could Robert go from barely being able to strike a chord to becoming one of the best guitar players they've ever heard? Could it be that Robert just dedicated himself that much into becoming the master of the guitar? Or could it be something much more sinister? Ever since Robert traveled to Delta, there's been whispers of how he actually accomplished his mastery. Some say he was one of the few bluesmen that waited on the side of a deserted country road, usually a crossroads, in the dark on a moonless night, waiting for a meeting with the devil. Finally, the time had come. The man he was looking for all this time had finally arrived. Now, standing in front of each other, Robert handed over his guitar. The man then took it and started tuning it like nothing Robert had ever seen. When he began to play, it was some of the best blues playing Robert had ever heard. He had never heard an acoustic guitar played so effortlessly, yet so dark and mysterious. The man played song after song, and it was the best performance he had ever heard. But once the playing stopped, the man went to hand the guitar back to Robert, but stopped halfway. Robert then nodded his head, and the man then gave the guitar back to him. He then took one look at the guitar, and then went to say one last thing to the mysterious man. But he was gone. But Robert wasn't surprised when the man just up and disappeared, because he knew who the man was. Heck, he even came to the crossroads on a moonless night to meet him. When Robert accepted the guitar back from the man, that was accepting the terms of his deal. All he wanted to do is be the best blues guitarist ever. The price, however, was a very high one. Because that man was only interested in one thing. His soul. That man was the devil. It wasn't hard for people to put things together in order to think that Robert had sold his soul. In 1936, Robert went to H.C. Spears' store in Jackson, Mississippi in order to try and get his music recorded. On November 23rd of that same year, he got his wish. He traveled to San Antonio and was able to record 29 songs. When you listen to many of his songs, he references the devil. Songs like Me and the Devil Blues, in which he sings Me and the Devil was walking side by side. Preaching Blues 
or up jumped the devil, and hellhound on my trail. Even though it's rumored that he was only paid $100 for his first album, he was liked enough to be called back on to record another one. His fame didn't really come until after his death. Soon-to-be-famous artists dug into the history of music and were really inspired by how different and masterful Robert's music was. Little is known about Robert after he recorded his records. We know he went with a man named Johnny Shines to Texas in order to share their music, but there isn't really any other record of him until his mysterious death in 1938 at the age of 27. The only facts that we have are that he died in Greenwood, Mississippi. The stories, however, are very interesting. Robert had a special way of performing that many fellow bluesmen warned him about. Robert would pay attention to just one woman throughout his entire performance. In that day and time, that wasn't the best idea because an angry husband was likely to just knock you out. Robert never listened to the warning. And as the story goes, some believe that while performing at the Three Forks store near Greenwood, he was poisoned by the owner of the place out of jealousy. It's believed that Robert and the owner of the store's wife had a relationship, and he soon found out about it. So he decided to poison his jar of moonshine. Others believe he may have been born with congenital syphilis, and that may have caused his death. I think the story that most people like to believe is that after his deal with the devil, Robert was on a time clock. And that clock had finally ran out. It's hard to forget that old saying. The devil always gets his due. This is Origin Mysteries. Experience the Mysterious. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm really interested in what you think about this episode. So please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. It really does make a difference. Also, reach out to me via Instagram at Origin Mysteries. Lastly, thanks again for subscribing and listening. We'll see you next time.